Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. I am Dr. Fuck and with me is... Oh yeah, the Ayatollah Alcohola, Ian Wadley. And this... All right, here I go. I know it's 70s. Let's see if I can get it right. Yeah, we're going to review the 1976? Yes, sir. You got wow. It right. Wow. That was just me throwing the dice on the table. Uh, Frank Zappa, Zuda Lords, and Ian, tell the people who we have with us. Oh, my God. I, I've been nervous all fucking week because we have an amazing podcaster with us. Not only a podcaster, but an author. That means he can read and write. So you know he lives north of the Mason-Dixon. I'm talking about the official, the one, the only, Scott Parker from ZappaCast is with us today. Hey. All right. right. Golf clap. (laughs) Hello, boys. What you reading for? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bill Hicks. Come around here with all your reading and shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's a witch. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool, dude. Uh, honored to have you here. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not like a Zappa fan like like uh, Ian here, but I love Frank Zappa. It's not like, you know, I'm one of these guys that collect everything he does, but I have a good healthy amount of Frank Zappa albums, including this one. Um, but, you know, I don't have everything. Uh, but I do love Frank Zappa. I have a lot of respect for him, but Ian here is a total nut swinger. That's why. That's why I, I I could I could give a fuck if you're here, dude. I'm not nervous at all. <laughs> yeah, no need to be nervous. I'm uh, I'm about as cheap as they come. No, I'm kidding. Well, now I'm nervous. <laughs> and excited. Yeah. <laughs> a little titillated. So I, I will say, cause uh, I don't know, I, I may be older than both you guys. I may have heard this before, you guys. I mean, I, I heard this album back in the 70s. Did you guys were aware? Uh, were you aware of this in the 70s? I wasn't. I, okay. I, I, I was. You were? Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't really uh, hear. Well, I mean, I heard Frank, but I didn't connect with him until around 85 or so. So I would have been, I don't know, what would I have been? Like uh, 14, maybe? So that's... Uh, I was born in 71, you know, so, <laughs> so, you know, I had to do a lot of that catching up. And then I started with Freak Out and worked my way through chronologically, as they say. Wow. So it was, yeah, you know, I mean, I got to hear Zootalures, yeah, probably around 86. I oh, think yeah. I heard this album maybe a year or two after the fact. It, it had to be like around 77 because the first Zap I ever heard was Overnight Sensation. Yeah. My brother had it on vinyl and I loved it. And uh, and my friend, the only friend, the only guy I had in my block that had a two-story house, where on the second story was a pool table, like kind of like a he built himself a bar up there, and he had mm-hmm. this album. And I remember the thing that really grabbed me was Black Napkins. Yeah. And I was like, holy yep. fuck, man, this guy's nuts on guitar, you know? And mm-hmm. I remember hearing this album many times at his house, but I never got around to buying it. So I bought it on CD when uh, it was re-released on uh, whatever. What was Ryko. 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 I got, I got that one. And uh, yeah, I've always loved this album. And uh, 
But, you know, there's a couple tracks that I'm kind of ant on, so uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully you don't have no connections to the mafia. No. <laughs> it's all right. You could be eh on a couple of tracks. There's, um, you know, I mean, it's uh, it, it's hard for me to be, uh, it, here's, this is a big word like gymnasium, objective about these things. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's a couple of B tracks, yeah. I could, I probably could already guess what they are. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Because I don't know. I think one of one, the one I, one of them I don't like. I, I, I would think it'd be a popular one, but I, I may be wrong. Mm. But it, I mean, it sounds to me like a popular one. It just doesn't do much for me. But I'll talk about that when we get to it. Sure. So, uh, Ian, how about you? When did you discover this album in the seventies? Well, right. It must have been <clears throat> a small little tyke. Oh yeah, but, but first of all, <laughs> even though there's one song that I'm kind of um about. If anybody says anything bad, I'm going to cry a single tear like that Indian in the 70s if he throws some shit out the window. Because uh, I love this man. Um, but I was, I, I, and, 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 you know, grab your drinks now because this is going to be a long one. Um, I was I was, just, I was, was raised on this. I do not know a time uh, without Zappa. My dad was a huge, huge fan. And I remember... Many uh, a drunken night. Well, my dad was drunk. I was, <laughs> but uh, you know, he would put on this album, and particularly uh, "Torture Never Stops." Uh, you know, and I just remember looking at all these vinyls as a kid, and and especially on this cover, I thought Frank looked so evil. Even with those bell bottoms on, he just looked evil. And I just re- always looking at the cover and flipping it over. And uh, the dude sitting on the stool, I believe that that's Eddie Jacobson. Uh, Eddie Jobson. Job Jobson, yeah. yeah. I always thought that was Ruth Underwood because I thought that was a girl, you know, when oh, I was a kid. You I know, can I was see like, that. Yeah, I totally. was like, oh, that's what Ruth Underwood looks like. Um, <laughs> but it was just always played in, in my house, you know, and uh, it was just this weird, funny music my dad listened to, and I remember, you know, vividly like having neighborhood kids come over. And I would play them titties and beer off of Zap in New York, you know, because we just wanted to hear, you know, cursing. But I, I mean, I'm talking like 78, 79. Uh, my first memory, I was born in 74. Uh, but it was just always in my house. And I listened to it. But, you know, as a small child, I listened to it for the, the comedy factor because I could hear dirty words. I didn't really get the music. Uh until, but I always, you know, it was just this weird thing I thought nobody knew about but my dad. I never heard it on the radio. Maybe Valley Girl, you would hear. Uh, but, but none of my other kids had it. None of their parents had this music. And uh, I remember getting excited when I, I met this older kid who, uh, you know, he was turning me on to heavy metal and shit like that. The first guy that played me Saxon and stuff like that. Yeah. He, w- he was a huge Zappa fan. And uh, so I was like, wow, somebody else knows this weird shit my dad listens to. Mm. And I'll never forget, you know, I was probably like 12 or 13, and we're at a we're at a party that's in a park and shit. And he's playing music, and there's some girls coming around, you know, trying to flirt, you know, want to get my fingers stinking. And, uh, and he puts on Joe's Garage. Now, I, of course, I already know Joe's Garage. Mm-hmm. But man, you know, if the if these girls pissed their pants and you set their panties on top of Joe's garage, it would have dried up right away. I mean, they they did not want to know this shit. They're like, "What the fuck?" And I'm getting all nervous, like, oh, "Change change the tape, change the tape. We got to get late." And he's looking yeah. at me like, like, 
why are you dissing Zappa? You know, and 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 I just, I, I kind of felt embarrassed because I was like, oh no, this is our weird parents' music. We can't play this around girls, and we ended up not getting the chicks anyway. But he told me afterwards, he's like, you know, what was that? I was like, yeah, but the girls don't. He goes, fuck them. He goes, they're idiots. They don't get it. They're like, they're like, you know how lucky you are to get this music and to know it. You're on like another fucking level. You know shit they don't know. They listen to bullshit. This is real fucking music. Never be ashamed of that. And that really set with me. Because from that point on, it's like, I didn't give a fuck what anybody thought about Zappa. And I had friends in school. Like, I would put it on. They would hate it. I'm like, fuck you. This this shit's awesome. And I had the same experience seeing as a kid. Uh, A kid once time told me, don't give a fuck what anybody says about Grant Bonnet. And it stuck with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> what what was her name? She was wrong. Uh, uh, at least she gave good head. You didn't get nothing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't get nothing. I didn't get nothing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, a, a, a Zappa fandom does not always guarantee you the blowjob. Right. That's, that's one thing I've learned over the years. Right. Even though the song's about it, it ain't gonna happen. That's right. Uh, but uh, but then by by my later teens, it really became an obsession. Uh, like where I did anything I could uh, to get Zappa albums, mm. and uh, you know, because my dad, you know, my dad had a lot of them, but you know, my dad get drunk and slide that needle over all his records. You know, looked and sounded like it was played on a singer sewing machine. You know, so I just started getting this shit. That's when Ryko was putting them all out, and uh, there was no YouTube, no nothing like that. And this guy already then, he was still alive at the time, mind you. Had like yep. 60, 60, 70 fucking albums. And I did everything I could, and I'd go to this one record store that would order this shit because they didn't have all this shit on the shelves. You know, they might have Apostrophe and Overnight Sensation, you know, some of the more popular ones. But I had to order all this shit. But it was like, get whatever money I could to get this. And then it was taking a chance. You know, am, am I going to like it? Am I going to like this era? Because he has so many different eras and, and different styles and sounds and you know even back then it was opening my mind to music so much like at, once I got into Zappa man that, that just opened up floodgates of different stuff I could listen to and appreciate and started paying more attention to musicians over you know didn't have a catchy chorus it was more about the drumming you know the bass player the guitar player uh, you know the saxophonist all kinds of different shit because of Zappa, but you know there was a lot of them when I got it at first. Uh, you know albums that I love now because it was so different. I didn't get into it, and there's still one area of Zappa that uh, I still can't get into. But I won't give up. I think someday maybe it'll resonate with me. But it's mm. not. And uh, I'm gonna ask you, Scott, because you're smart. You, you write books and shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't I can't pronounce I can't pronounce it. What's that fucking keyboard? The Zinclair? The Zinclavier. Zinclavier. Yeah. Yeah. The Zinclavier shit is mm-hmm. really hard for me to get into because it's just to me it's so cold and and so yeah. sterile compared to you know the, the, the this great collection of musicians he always used and. Uh, you know, and I understand, like, for him, it was exciting because it was perfection. Mm-hmm. There, there, there was no bum note. There was no, like, oh, this guy's hungover and a little slow today. 
<laughs> you, you know, or you know, or he just hits. A, he could do what he wanted to hear, uh, but to me, it's very cold sounding. But I have warmed up to shit like Jazz from Hell that I initially didn't like, sure. uh, you know, and, and other stuff. But that's still my least favorite uh, era of his. You know, my favorite era is the 70s, you know. Well, yeah. 60s, 60s is awesome, but 70s Zappa to me is is just phenomenal. My, my favorite bands, my favorite lineups. And that's when you get into Zappa, uh, when you really get into it, you start picking out shit like that. Okay, who's playing on this album? And you can start telling the influences, the different sounds, you know, when he has yeah. these different bands. And uh, it just became a, a, a huge obsession. And uh, I turned my best friend on to it, and he got into it. We were writing letters to Frank Zappa uh, before, really? he, before he died. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty much like an obsession. And Gail, uh, I have handwritten letters from Gail. Really? When, yeah, when I first found out, uh, you know, Frank was, was sick and everything, and we were just writing, saying, hey, look, we're, we're two teenage kids, but we're really into Frank's music and stuff, and she would write letters back, and uh, she would give me a catalog, you know, of all the stuff you could get from Ryko, and, yeah. you know, I'd get stickers, you know, dope, you are what you use. I still have all the letters. Oh, and that's cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was amazing, and, and unfortunately, I never got to see Frank. Uh, you know, the last tour, the, the 88 tour, I was still kind of young. And, mm-hmm. and actually, I didn't even know the tour came through because I would have asked my dad to take me. But I don't remember seeing it. But Zappa was always underground. But that probably would have been the only tour that I that I could have got to see. Yeah. Uh, but I've just always tried to turn people on to him. And I do it on my radio show every week. Uh, there's one kid, Joseph Staub, uh, was, was a kid that, that really connected with the with the zap and he's like wow i never i would have never heard this if it wasn't for you and he reminded me of how i was at his age when all he wanted to do now was to hear new zappa and stuff so i call it the joseph stab garage <laughs> and I, I i always do four blocks on my show and and the and the joseph stab garage begins and ends with the, with zappa songs and then in the middle i try to put something else in that's just out of left field you know something yeah. you know the avant-garde, if you will. Mm-hmm. But people have been so receptive to that segment of the show. But I, I initially did like, look, I'm going to do this no matter what. You know, if people tune out when it's that section of the show, I don't give a fuck. And now I have people that I never would have guessed, you know, total metal heads. Because primarily I play hard rock and heavy metal, but I mix sure. it up with a lot of different shit. But now I got people like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the, the Joseph Staub garage, you know, just to yeah. hear what Zappa you're going to play. And I, I, I try to mix it up and to play different eras. You know, some weeks it's the 70s, some weeks it's the 60s, some weeks it's the 80s. And, so you know, uh, but just to, to keep his music alive. And then when, yeah. you know, Dweezil started doing his tour, that was like, I, I, I mean, I almost fucking cried because I never thought I would hear these songs in a live setting. And I didn't think... I would see the caliber of musicians, you know, yeah. who could do it. So now I think I only missed one tour, um, you know, that, that that's come around me. Uh, but I've, I've seen Dweezil like probably five or six times. Every time, it's absolutely amazing and, and what they do. And, and to, to see other people, <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. like one of those things people come out of hiding. You just don't see Zappa fans everywhere, you know, until there's, <laughs> until there's a concert now. And they come out and, and just total strangers, 
there's just this camaraderie when these songs kick in and you know you know these songs like the back of your hand and you see sure. the guy next to you singing it and you just look at each other it's like yeah we're in that club <laughs> you know we're those fucking weirdos and uh it's it's amazing and i love seeing you know I, I, I see senior citizens that know every fucking song, you know, who have been there since the beginning. Sure. I, I, I see kids way younger than me that know this shit, man. And it's just like, yes. And, and you know, as time goes on, and, and particularly pop music gets worse and worse and less mm-hmm. and less about musicianship and everything, you know, to know that this music is still surviving uh, is very important to me. And that's why, you know, I do what I do on the radio show. That's why this episode in particular, I've, I've had this planned for a year. <laughs> you know, when I, I was always so nervous to co- message you. And then when I did, you know, like you said, you didn't even know who I was at first. Like, oh, shit, that asshole. Oh, I got to be yeah. on his show. <laughs> well, but, uh, I, I, like I said, when, when you first asked me, I was uh, drunk, I believe. And uh, <laughs> so oh, you're tugging at my heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> it took me like a couple minutes to connect. And then. When I realized, I was like, "Oh my God, I've got to be good for this. How what, am I supposed to do that?" So, <laughs> see, whenever I ask somebody to be on the show, I should always say I'm Ralph, and like, "Oh, I know that guy." Yeah. <laughs> hey, you just heard Ian's long monologue. Uh, monologue. You, you, you know, you don't have to be good for this. Yeah. <laughs> <Ouch>. I'm kidding. <laughs> it just—it's like it's total honor to be here, man. I mean, just um, I. Uh, yeah, I love what you guys do, and uh, I mean, what can you say? You know, it's it's the show, man. It's like, wait, it's definitely one of the best podcasts out there. Why? And, uh, we are I'm the big, best. <laughs> you are the best. And <laughs> I don't want to upset Ken Mills by saying Objection, that. <laughs> leave it the witness. <laughs> oh, don't worry, you ain't going to upset Ken Mills. He don't listen. Yeah, he don't <laughs> listen. Listen, Don. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I, you know, I got into Frank because um, I had a friend of mine who ran a record store uh, over here in Connecticut, and he was a fan going back to Freakout. So you're talking 66, original fan. And his name was Walter Quadrado. And he, uh, I used to come into the store, I was like, I don't know, 12 years old or something like that. And I'd buy all this shit like, uh, you know, Pink Floyd and uh, <laughs> Don't Laugh, Genesis and uh, bands like that you know like prog kind of stuff right and he kept saying to me you gotta listen to zappa you gotta listen to zappa well at the time you're talking in the mid 80s all those old zappa records were all really expensive so like you'd find a copy of say freak out on vinyl this before it came out on cd and it'd be like 40 bucks in 1985 which was a lot of money you know to throw away on something that you may or may not like I had no way of knowing if I'd like it or not. And uh, eventually, um, I took a chance and and uh, bought Freak Out and brought it home and put it on. And I said, oh, my God, this guy, like, knows me. You know, he knows how I think, all this other stuff. I just connected with it, like, instantly. And after that... You sound like Andrew Jacobs. Yeah. <laughs> he gets me. He gets me. He understands who I am. <clears throat> Sorry about my voice, guys. And uh, so, yeah, so that that was like the beginning of like this total obsession thing, right? That that lasted for years. I mean, it's still obviously still going on. And uh, I got to see Frank once, 
in uh, uh, the second night in Hartford in 88, and I'm glad I did. I met him once. I oh, talked wow. to him on the phone once. And, uh, um, you know, he was, uh, I mean, he's Frank, you know. Like, when we lost Frank, it felt like I was losing a fucking parent, you know. It was like that kind of reverence that I had for him. So I continued to be a fan for years, and then I just wanted to pay tribute to him. And, and so I decided to write a book about uh, his live recordings, you know, like bootleg recordings, stuff like that. Just like a field guide kind of thing. And that came out in 2007. That book was called Hungry Freak's Daddy. And um, uh, then we started, I started the podcast in 2011. That was the ZappaCast. Inspired by the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and wow. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I loved, I was, you know, obviously I'm a huge Kiss nerd, too. And, uh... I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> wondering, wondering which is why I can S-O-L-L. say fuck Vinnie Vincent. That's right. But, um, but yeah, that, that was totally inspired by the podcast, because they were, you know, and they're the podcast that launched, launched a million imitators, right? So, uh... We had um, some backing early from uh, from Dweezil Zappa and from Joe Travers, who, uh, for those of you who do not know, the is Vaultmeister. Uh, the Vaultmeister. That's right. And right now he's playing with Joe Satriani as the drummer, and he was Dweezil's drummer for years. And so we had some very big backing from those guys, and um, I got to communicate with Gail Zappa a bunch of times. I never did meet her. Um... And uh, I guess just recent developments, we were made um, the official Frank Zappa podcast this year. Congratulations, which, uh, brother! Thank you very much. I and mean, it's been it's been a wild ride. So I'm you know I'm just I'm really uh, I feel good that I can pay tribute to the man that I respect so much and you know keep his his music alive out there. And you know we have a lot of listeners and. Uh, it's uh you know there's something about the zappa community do you know what i mean oh yeah there there's something about it i mean everybody's just really uh tight and uh you know they're they're all smart people you know what i mean so (laughs) well well, well, not all of us (laughs) smart enough ian smart enough so (laughs) i I have a ged and, and dropped out of junior college in my first semester but uh I, I think I get what he's saying. I beg to yeah. differ, Ian. I hate to ruin ruin, uh, ruin the illusion of the Rodney Dangerfield, but you're a Zappa fan that gets laid. <laughs> well, okay. I guess I moved up. Yeah. <laughs> Both of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a relationship. I get laid twice a year, whether she wants it or not. Yes. <laughs> so you know, it's been it, yeah, it's been it's been great. I've written. Um, Oh, I don't know. I was trying to figure out how many, eight or nine books about Frank. And uh, um, I'm working on another one right now. And we've got a lot of stuff coming up for the for the podcast. And it's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good year while we wait for the hologram tour to come and all that stuff. I mean, it just never ends. You know, there's about 4000 new releases coming and, you know, everybody. Yeah. That'll keep everybody on their toes. <laughs> and, and, and more importantly, it was just announced today so we can talk about it. Mm. At, at the Rock and Pod Expo Dose, uh, Punky Meadows is going to be there. Really? <laughs> yes. 
and, and, uh, and Frank, the, the, the singer of Angels, is going to be there as well. And I'm just like, I, I'm on the fence, like, oh, should I ask him to sign Zap in New York? <laughs> you know, or will yeah. It, does, I think does, he, does he I'm hate, sure he does he hate he Funky honored. Whips? Oh, oh really? no, no. I, I think from what I understand, I'm pretty sure he said that he was honored to <laughs> be mentioned, you know, to be written about in that song. It's just freaking hysterical. Okay, so who's going to take track one? Well, I think we've got to let our uh, our honored guest here, Scott, take Wind Up Working in a Gas Station. Yes, sir. Um, Wind Up Working in a Gas Station is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, it's basically, you know, I mean, it's I like it because it's, it's fast and because the, uh, you know, Frank is doing the vocal on this, and it's just, uh, it's a fun song, you know? It's not its not one of his uh, heavier message tracks, but it is uh, definitely a fun little piece of music, and uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't, it didn't get a lot of uh, live play, I think he only played it on one or two tours, but uh, it was a good way to begin the album. It's peppy, should have been a single. <laughs> Ian? Oh, I, I fucking love this track. I, th- I think it's a great way to open it up. And, you know, th- the reason I picked this album in particular, because mm. it's it's so hard, uh, you know, when people message me this all the time, like, oh, I want to check out more Frank. Where should I start? And it's like, oh, my God, you know, like I don't know. What's your Zodiac sign? Tell me something about yourself. You know, <laughs> d- t- <laughs> you know, are you Sagittarius? Are you philosophical? Let me know, you know, uh, because there's so many different eras. But I think this has, you know, some heavier tracks. It's definitely uh, guitar oriented, uh, you know, so I thought this would be a great one, especially for our first Zapper review. And I would love to do many more. And of course, have you back, Scott. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm uh, here all the time. So feel free. <laughs> but uh you know, I just thought this would be a great intro. And, and this song is just, it, it, it's funny, but it still does have a message, too. Like, no matter what, you might end up working at a gas station. And I did <laughs> in my yeah. teens. I worked at, you know, kids today might not know what this is, but I worked at a full-service gas station, which means I had to get out there and I was pumping the gas every night. And, and my buddy would pull up to get gas, and he would say that to me. He's like... And just to be a dick, he would pull up in the full service. He would pay extra. And, he, and as I'm doing it, he'd be like, pump the gas every night. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Fuck you. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is I ended up quitting that gas station to go to an Aerosmith concert that I ended up not going to. But I, I asked him, begged for the day off, and he wouldn't give it to me. So I'm sitting there at work. I was like, I can't miss. It was like Aerosmith and Megadeth. I'm like, I can't miss this fucking show, man. This fucking job. Uh, you know, but just to show you how great it was back then. I worked at a gas station and my insurance was paid 100%. <laughs> like, no wow. copay. Yeah, wow. this, yeah, this is back in the early 90s in in the north, people. Not the south, where I live yes. now. Uh, where you're lucky to have a job, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I worked at a, I jockeyed a fucking gas station. I sold, like, scratch-off lottery tickets, cigarettes booze and i and i pump gas and clean windshields and shit but i was like I sold booze at the gas station yeah well, where, you, where where were you from originally? uh I, I grew up about 50 minutes south of chicago oh yeah but, okay. i mean you get, you get beer you couldn't get liquor well yeah sure but uh uh 
So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm freaking out over this concert, and I was like, fuck it. I'm like, I quit. And the other person working with me was like, what are you talking about? Who's going to run the fucking full service t- line? And I was like, you'll see. And I went out there with, like, some construction cones, and I set them in front of the full service pumps. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. I'm going to go see Aerosmith. I want to hear that living on the edge shit, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then ended up not going to the fucking show. But uh, but the, the song to me is, is a classic. It shows the humor. And uh, I, I know, Scott, you know, you know, as much as I know Zap, I know you know it a thousand times better than me. Uh, but I, I have read a quote where, you know, if it was up to Zappa, all his shit would be instrumental. But mm-hmm. he knew he knew people like to hear the human voice. They like to hear shit. You know, it helps them get into music. Yeah. Uh, but his, his stance is like most of what you hear in popular music is so stupid that, well, if I'm going to write words, I'm going to write either something that, you know, that's funny or, you know, actually says something. You know, I, I, yep. I, I think I read a quote where he's talking about like nothing does more damage to the human psyche than love songs. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> of it. how, you know, they set people up for this, like, you know, this shit, you know, like, like a journey song, you know, where that shit doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. usually she cheats on you, you cheat on her. You're both fucking miserable, you know, but in this song, everything's fucking perfect and people get depressed because in their real life, you know, it doesn't match up to this fucking song they heard on the fucking radio. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to play serious music, but I'm going to write stupid fucking lyrics. Not stupid, but you you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to take a piss out of everything. And, 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 you know, I think he does that, you know, perfectly. Uh, and, and this is great, you know, and, uh, I absolutely love this. I think it's a fun way to open up the album. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, it's uh, pretty bizarre, but that's what's to expect from Zappa. Mostly female vocals. Disjointed, sporadic, and I hear where Weird Al gets some of his influence from. Yeah, hear, totally. Yeah, because a lot of Weird Al music kind of sounds like this. Uh, it's okay. you know, Not a conventional Zappa song, but, but, but I dig it. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I, I like the next one much more. And it, well, that's... Uh, this is the one that got me when I was at this guy's house and he played this because of I love guitar players and my god is Frank Zappa rip. I mean there's some serious this black napkins I'm talking about. Yeah, there's some serious shredding on this one, but not that pretentious shredding, you know, it's pretty organic. And man do I love organic. You know, that's why I prefer Sabbath with Ozzy or Maiden with the Anno. Mm-hmm. Uh, does have a bluesy vibe going on with the band. While Frank just burns that fretboard in, you know, <clears throat> I would be amazed if if this was not all one take because it sounds like one take to me. It is. It's live. Yeah, it's there just, you go. Yeah, yep. it sure sounds like the tape is rolling and Frank just goes for it. Pretty damn amazing. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Well, you know, Black Napkins. It it's like one of the great um, zap of compositions it's uh definitely one of the great uh guitar moments in his entire catalog it's completely unassailable that's another big word like gymnasium um (laughs) uh you can't nobody can argue with black napkins as far as i'm concerned it's uh it's almost uh it's like a holy you know relic or something you know it's just this um simple you know it's basically two chords 
But what he does to that fretboard, like you were saying, Ralph, it's just, uh, it's mind blowing, you know? And he, this was a period that that track was recorded um, in Osaka, Japan in 76. And he, uh, that was a tour where a lot of Zappa fans are kind of like, meh, about the band, because that was a band with um, uh, Andre Lewis playing keyboards and uh, Roy Estrada on bass from the original Mothers of Invention. A lot I have of a bootleg like, from that tour. Do, do you? Which yeah. show? Do you know? Uh, I'll have to look it up. But uh, Yeah. No, it. that's a, it's, a, it's a great... I mean, I... The last book that I wrote... Um, dealt with the performances of that band and it was um you know they're uh better than most people give them credit for but that was a period when frank was just reaching a peak you know in terms of his soloing and uh it may have been his best era for soloing although it's really hard to say that you know definitively but it's just, it's an amazing piece of work. It's amazingly simple, and yet nobody can make it sound, you know, nobody can make it sound like Zappa can. It's just, you know, it's black napkins, man. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I agree, man. I, I love this. But just, just to go back real quick on uh, wind up working a gas station, I know you said, uh, Ralph, that was primarily... Uh, female vocals on that but who does the like pumping the gas every night that's That's, not a girl yeah that's sped up that's just it's not a girl it's just sped up vocals that's all uh, sounds like a girl oh that that, that's davy davy maury yeah it's david yeah davy moore yeah okay okay uh, i never actually is it maury it might be but uh yeah that's him at the end and it's just uh i believe it's sped up yeah, but in my defense, that person's now Betty Maury. <laughs> <laughs> he had it. He had a sex change. Oh, did <laughs> I, I think it's Vinnie Maury. Yeah. Oh, uh, where's the pantsuit when you need it? <laughs> Nobody want to hear Vinnie or Maury anymore. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Osaka one that I have. Uh, it's just a bootleg entitled the uh eyes of osaka osaka yeah that's uh yeah that's that show that's the black okay Okay. he had uh i mean he was just burning it up uh, at that so you can hear it all over that tape and there's a great chunga's revenge on there and uh you know it's just an amazing show now uh one thing i wanted to ask you i thought you might know and and a lot of Zappa, well, like newcomer Zappa might not know this, but there's so many songs that he has that are basically, uh, he was playing another song, and they took that solo, and the, you know, there, I mean, he's got many albums like this. Sure. That, that are just, you know, you know, the album has all these song titles, but it's basically, that was the guitar solo for a certain song. Mm-hmm. Was, was Black Napkins, was that the solo in a, in a pre-written song, or was that something all into itself? Uh, no, that was its own composition. He, okay. that was, yeah, that was always, that came, you know, it's its own, uh, song basically. And he, uh, 
he had some things like that. I mean, you know, there all the guitar albums like Shut Up and Play Your Guitar, and then right, later right. on guitar. Guitar, yeah. Yeah, he would just take. You're right. He would just take the solos out of a certain song and then, uh, you know, give it another title. And um, but yeah, Black Napkins came into the world fully formed, as they say. Uh, so. <laughs> well, well, it is. It's probably. I mean, uh, I, I would say definitely my top three of all time uh, Zap instrumentals, you know, right there with like, you know, Peaches and Regalia and shit. Watermelon uh, and Easter Hay. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I mean, just, uh, just, just phenomenal. And, and, and that's one for people. I, I, I think, uh, you know, people are kind of turned off to maybe the, the funny side of, of Zappa or like, you know, the, the, the weirdness. This is one anybody could listen to and just go, God damn. Listen yeah. to that fucking guitar. Uh, and it's amazing, and, and and you mentioned how it is, you know, a couple notes and simple. My actual favorite all-time Zappa solo uh, is the one for Uncle Remus. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I just think it's phenomenal. And what I love is it just it serves the song. It fits within yep. the structure. It doesn't try to go like, okay, I'm not going to go all Ingve Malmsteen. It, it, it goes along with the basic tempo of the song and everything, but it's just like not so much what you play, but what you don't play, yep. and uh, and and nails it. And that's when I got you know goosebumps. You know, every every time I hear that solo from Uncle Remus, I'm just like, oh, oh my god, that that is the tone I would kill for. And I have a '74 SG, and I cannot get it to sound like that. <laughs> yeah, that uh, solo was played through a pig nose, by the way. A no pig, shit. A tiny pig nose amp. Yeah. yeah, all those solos on that album were played through a pig nose. Oh, man. So that's where you'd be surprised. Love, I'm sorry. I love that solo on your mama. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's. Uh, that's amazing. Is that live, by the way? Yeah. 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 Live. Live at the Hammersmith Odeon. Yeah. He didn't, I mean, there aren't too many. Um, well, there are obviously a lot of uh, studio solos. I mean, Uncle Remus is one of them. But later, um, especially i guess probably from probably the mid 70s on a lot of his guitar solos were just taken from live tapes and inserted into the middle of a studio track or whatever you know so that, they, that full song your mama is all live it's a uh, hammersmith the full song yeah it's overdubbed okay. but the, the basics are the basics are live the guitar solo is live and um yeah that was on the moment you know and oh, for him to be able to just you know they he called them uh, uh, instant compositions, right? So you would, uh, you know, you would just approach the guitar solo as if you're composing something. And uh, I think he said something like 90% of his guitar solos were garbage. But I would, I would argue that that wasn't the case. But um, yeah, that that solo is like a perfect example of when it just flowed. You know? Oh yeah, and uh, Dweezil played not the last time I saw him, but the time before that they played Your Mama. Yeah, and uh, it was just, just mind blowing, uh, and I, and I love how he mixed that shit in, you know, you know, with the overdubs, with the new compositions on later albums, and just that he knew how to cherry pick out of those shows, you know, and and construct a song around it was incredible. But you know, getting back to Black Napkins, you know, that that's one of those, you know, people ask how how should I get into Zappa? To me, this is a perfect song. You know, take it from here. Yep. He is my favorite guitar player of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
by far very abstract and different. I mean, I mean, definitely, you know, like just a hair under him is is Tony Iommi. I'm a huge, yeah. I, you know, even as much as Tony Iommi is respected, I still think he's underrated. I really do. Oh, he uh, totally is. Yeah, he absolutely is. But uh, but but Frank shit is so abstract. I mean, and then there's sometimes like, and some people can hear some of his solos and think it's noise, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But there's just something in the abstract way that he plays, and I remember, you know, Dweezil talking about when he was, you know, initially starting to do the the Dweezil play Zappa tours and stuff. He had to relearn how to play the guitar in order to play yeah. like Frank, and, and that just, you know, goes to show. I mean, it, it's about having your own style and what you bring, and uh, you know, there's a lot of chaotic shit, but there's a lot of emotion in his playing. And then this yeah. one, I think, I think really highlights. Uh, the emotion is playing. There, there's another song on this album later that I think is more like the frantic side, mm-hmm. you know. But this is the one like it's almost. If I could compare it to anybody at the time, I would say very like kind of Jeff Beck. Uh, yeah, you know, kind, kind of kind of feel to this one. Uh, but Black Napkins, yeah, man, it's just it's a fucking masterpiece. I mm-hmm. love. It. Yeah, uh, you can't you cannot argue with that song, not at yeah. all. <laughs> and I'll go into the next one, which is the epic track on the album, uh, Torture Never Stops. And this is probably, I would say even before Titties and Beer, this is the first Zappa song I remember hearing, because my dad would play this all the time, because for a very short period, he worked at a mental institution. <laughs> and, he, and, and he would always tell me how this, this remind him of that, you know, just like the crazy people he would see, you know, in this fucking nut house. Yeah. It's uh, the name of the nuthouse is Shapiro, and they actually filmed part of uh, Child's Play at this at this mental institution. Wow! Uh, but uh, you know, he would tell me all about like oh the weird shit he would see, and the, this song always made him think you know, uh, just these weird people talking to themselves and all this shit. And I don't know if that's what the song was written about. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but it definitely lends itself, and I always equate it to that because of my father, and you know, and, and playing this song. But it's it's just epic and fucking uh, sinister, and like even though you you hear like the chicks, uh, you know, the the chick like moaning and groaning, and some people might see it as erotic, but I never saw it as that. I never saw it as like you know like a like like a Prince song where you hear the chick moaning and you know she's getting fucking deep dicked <laughs> you know it was more like it, it, it sounded like a torturous vocal like, like somebody who's going through pain or just madness and uh, and, and, and I love it man I mean it's just I, I listen to this album uh, I think four times this morning getting ready you know I'm, I'm, I'm so nervous I'm clean my eyes like oh my god Scott Parker is going to be at the show <laughs> Talking about Zappa. I'm like, I gotta be on point. Uh, I know, right? Right. I'm totally fanboying out on this guy. Oh, I wasn't nervous about Ron Keel at all, but this one, I was like, oh, it's Scott Parker. Um, yeah, here you know, I am, stammering like an idiot all the way. Through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so disappointed. Uh, <laughs> I, I just pictured you like in a Hugh Hefner smoking jacket and a yes. pipe going, you silly boy, that's what this yeah. song's about. Like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. Parker, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I mean, it's just 
I, I played it on my radio show the other day, and most people are loving it, calling it epic. You know, I got this one asshole. He just doesn't get Zappa. Uh, you know, just thinks it's all pretentious bullshit. He's like, Zappa thinks he's so smart, but he's not. I'm like, no, actually, he really is. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was yeah. just upset. He didn't have somebody from a different race he can torture uh, a person to to this song. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it should be noted he voted for Trump. Uh, but, uh, uh, the, I mean, this is just a, a masterpiece. And I, I, I think, Ralph, you even wrote that, your, your epic, you know, uh, when you were in the chat room. And it, and it oh, is. Spoiler alert. I was going to. Oh, shit. I, I, I mean, I mean, who knows? Uh, Ralph might not like this. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't write that. <laughs> that, that was that other kid. Yeah, it was Tim Bream. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, it, he, he just... put a picture of Paul Stanley. He wrote on that picture. Uh, this is a great song. Right. <laughs> There's another Tim Me- meme. Yeah. You can't talk without a meme. Yeah. And Vinnie right. Vincent actually sued to get writing credits on this song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, good luck. But I, I, I mean, there, there's, there's not much more I can say. It's just, uh, incredible. I've heard a lot of live versions, mm-hmm. uh, of this, but I, I will have to say, that this will always be the version, uh, you know. And, and I've heard some good live ones, but there's just something about this. I think it's just because it's the first one that I remember. And when I think of Zappa, I think of this. And uh, this is another one I think people who, you know, might not get into some of the weirder shit could get this. It's just the the dark vibe of it, it's sinister, and it rocks. I love it. What do you think uh, n- now, Ralph? Let me hear what you think about it. Uh, well, these lyrics on this song, Downright Own, uh, this song pretty much stays on one path, slow, easy listening music with vile lyrics and a woman moaning and groaning and screaming, pretty out there <laughs> tune as most of his music is. Uh, for me, it's, it's hard to let my mind wander hearing this. I mean, all nine minutes plus, I'm pretty captivated by the song. I absolutely love this fucking song. It's well, one of the standout tracks on this album for me. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Ah, uh, well, it was one of the first Frank songs that I heard, and it was because um, it played it for me in that record store I mentioned earlier, and it was just, uh, you know, it, it reeled me in pretty quick. It's, um, it's like you were saying, it's simple. You know, it's basically a lot of the verses are just played over one chord. But it's uh, the lyrics are some of the best lyrics Frank ever wrote. Um, the fact that he used such a simple arrangement is um, perfect for this song. Although um, there was an earlier arrangement that was actually sung by Captain Beefheart, which uh, you can hear on the You Can't Do That on Stage Anymore Volume 4 album. And back when it was called Why Doesn't Somebody Get Him a Pepsi? <laughs> and... <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, it's it's without question. It's one of my favorite Frank songs. It's a great vehicle for a guitar solo. That studio track, um, by the way, features uh, Gail Zappa and a friend that Frank declined to name. Uh, and it may or may not be an adult tape playing in the background. <laughs> Frank was kind of, you know, cagey about what that tape actually is but um he has hinted strongly that that may be uh what we would refer to as some sort of sex tape 
in the background. So that's what that's what the going on there. But uh, yeah, one of my favorite Frank songs, and uh, um, it was always great. It stayed in the repertoire for the band pretty much till the end of his touring days, and uh, but it never sounded quite so sinister as it does on this album. Yeah. I mean that 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 studio version is just uh, you know that's the word I would use. It's at its most sinister there. It's it it fits perfectly with the picture of Frank on the cover of the album. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> that's it does. the guy that you you know. That's the guy who's singing this song. So yeah, it's just one of my favorite songs. I never get tired of it. Awesome. awesome. What do you think of the next one, Miss Pinky? Well, Miss Pinky is uh, well, it's definitely for me uh, one of the funnier tracks on the album. Um, yeah, it's a song about a sex doll. It's in keeping with a lot of what the uh, Zappa fan base at the time, you know, liked to hear. And it's a, you know, it's a cute, funny little track. I mean, it never sounded as good live as it does here. I mean, this is kind of the ultimate version of the song. But I like it. It's a good way to close out the first side. It's, uh, you know, it's got some life to it. And uh, it's kind of uh, a palate cleanser, you might say, after the torture never stops. See? Big big culinary term there and uh, <laughs> um but i do you know i like it i can't really say anything bad about it it was uh you know it's a song that uh tends to get overlooked on the album but it's a fun little thing well i disagree with you yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan this is of one this of the one. tracks yes yeah I, I am not a fan of this yeah it's a sec by sex it does have a nasty stinky, stinky groove on this one but mm-hmm. I, I just find it a little too repetitious for me it kind of like goes nowhere i'm just not a fan of this one how about you uh mr pinky <laughs> <laughs> yeah you are my sex doll yeah <laughs> well then podcast well then blow me up. yeah <laughs> um, uh, 69.95, boy. Give me a try. Give a try. <laughs> uh, 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 I disagree, man. I fucking love this track. What? And this is, you must yeah. be kidding me. You no, know, I'm in I, shock. I fucking love this one. I, I love the, you know, the the subject matter. I think it's got a great little beat to it. It's like a heavy, uh, kind of a dark, funky vibe to it. And uh, you know, you can kind of tell he's going back for the the dynamo hum you know, kind of sex feel to it. Yep. Uh, I think it works fucking great. Uh, I, I've read that this song was kind of inspired by uh, his affinity for heavy metal, you know, particularly Black Sabbath. You know, his favorite Black Sabbath song was Supernaut. Yep, that's right. So, you know, that tells you something there. And I love the story about how uh, Sabbath was scared shitless to meet him because they're thinking, oh my God, Frank, he's going to hate us, he's going to hate us. And, he gave him nothing but praise, you know, and pointed out how much he was a fan of Supernaut and shit. And uh, and and Ozzy said it, it was awesome hanging out with Frank. Which that had tells to be you how fucking crazy drugs are. You're Black Sabbath, and you think somebody's gonna hate you? You're Black yeah. fucking Sabbath. God yeah. damn, lay off the blow. But I, I, I but I mean, it, it show, you know, for people who, who don't realize it at the time, he was very. Very well respected and look. I mean, the, the the Beatles, you know, sang the praise of him. You know, and of course, John Lennon even got up on stage with him. Uh, 
You, you know, so all these bands looked up to Frank because they knew he was a musician's musician and he was like on another level. I mean, he didn't have the notoriety and the sales, but he had the respect. Uh, you know, all the other musicians respected Frank. and uh, But also, you know, even though he was kind of on another level, I mean, he knew good shit when he heard it too. And when he thought it was bullshit, he called it bullshit. Yep. So I, I think it's great that both, you know, they were honored to meet him and he showed Black Sabbath the respect that they deserved. Uh, so that's that's awesome. But yeah, this is, you can tell a heavy rock vibe in this. I'm really, really surprised you're not feeling this one. But no, then, man, a, then, then it just hey, goes nowhere. But, you like, you know, something you like you we are think, one, so, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you like parental guidance. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's my point. Uh, True story. Something neither, and I thought you guys were Zappa experts, but Frank <laughs> Zappa wrote this song about their his fans because that was their girlfriend's blow up doll. Time, yeah. You guys learn something every day. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and Andrew Jacobs is the only man who ever had a blow up doll leave him. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let me let me flip it over and. Uh, Take find find her finer. Yes. This one I really dig. This one. Yeah. It's a chill song with a strange way of picking up a chick. You know, I defy anyone to hear this song and not have like finer finer sneak up behind her, wrap her like a mummy till you finally unwind her, sticking your brain like crazy glue on skin. I swear, man, that th- this fucking song. I just kept going around in my brain for days. I'm like, man, I can't get this song out of my brain. But it's awesome when you get a cool song stuck in your brain. You know, other than, you know, one time I was walking around going, we don't need no, 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 no. no, no. no. I was like, get out of my head. But this Parents one, I was just like, don't I, understand. I welcome this yeah. one, you know. But, yeah, this is great. I love this song. What do you think, Ian? Uh, I, I love it, too. And it's... Uh, you know, it's a great story about like, hey, uh, you know, if you want to get a chick, act like you're dumb, <laughs> you know, because if you're smart, it's going to intimidate her, um, which, you know, in, in a way, you know, a lot of guys like dumb chicks, too, you know, <laughs> you know, and preferably one with daddy issues, because we all know those are the best in bed. Girl doesn't have a, yeah, girl doesn't have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, girl doesn't have a relationship with her father. She will lick your ass. Oh, and, boy, I love my ass lick. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> lick my ass up and down till your tongue turns doo-doo brown. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's what I, I keep telling my son. I'm like, as soon as your daughter's born, spend a lot of time with her. She's going to end up dancing to Motley Crue records. Yeah, 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 yeah in front of ass. me. Yeah. In 18 yeah. years, she'll be dancing to Motley Crue records in front of me. <laughs> yeah, so spend time with with you. fuck that John Mayer daughter song and fuck Pearl Jam's daughter song. Spend time with your daughter, or she's gonna lick another man's ass. Hello. <laughs> to, to horrible music, uh, nonetheless. Yeah, I'm gonna be playing "We Are One" when she does that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are one with my bunk. I was, uh, I was just, I would before I, before uh, you continue, I was gonna drop in there. Do do we have a Psycho Circus fan in the house? Uh, well, no, you know what? I can't go as far to say I'm a Psycho Circus fan, but mm. I definitely like it more than Ian. And there are, I maybe maybe like about half of it I really like. 
You know, I'd say the same thing. I would. And listen I'll to that, Ian. He's a Zappa fan. Oh, I yeah. like those apples. Cool. I'm the only straight guy here. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, let's, let's hook up, Chris. Get it. It's Scott. Yeah. Yeah, it's Scott. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> oh, God. Where were uh, we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fighter, fighter, but yeah, but yeah, uh, no, I, I, I do love this song. I, I love the, the, the vibe of it, the flow, and I'm really surprised because I would have thought that you were definitely more a Miss Pinky guy and not a finer, finer. But hey, fuck it, uh, you like Zappa? I'm happy, man. I, I think it's a great track. What do you think, Scott? Uh, it's one of them, again. It's one of my favorites on the album. It's. Uh... You know, the lyric is funny as fuck, man. No, it's a great, it's a great lyric. I mean, you know, he he did this. There's a great version that the 88 band did, the 1988 band did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it moves even more than this original version, which is kind of slow. But uh, interestingly, this was the single from the album. Um, and it's it's just great. I mean, I, I love everything about it. It's one of his best, but... Uh, more underrated single tracks. You know, it doesn't really turn up on the greatest hits compilations or anything, but it's just a uh, it's got a great groove to it, even if it is a little bit slow compared to the later live versions and it's just uh, and I, I think it's fair to say he didn't outright hate women like Andrew Jacobs no. but, he, <laughs> but uh, he does have kind of you can tell he kind of had a lower opinion of women, though. I think it's safe to say there, there's definitely a lot of misogyny in his lyrics, uh, you know. And I think oh. he, you know, he was all about uh, getting laid, you know. And I'm not judging. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know. Hey, if women yeah, were he... smart, they'd be men. Yes. All right, Scott, why don't you take Friendly Little Finger? I've had that song stuck in my head all day friendly little finger that beginning bit there it's an instrumental it's it's been stuck in my head all day it, it was a song you know believe it or not until i was had to go back and listen to the album a bunch of times so that i could sound smart when i come on here um <laughs> it was a song that i just overlooked for some reason because it's you know it's I don't know why I mean it has a monster guitar solo and everything and then when I come back and listen to it now I'm just blown away by how good it is I mean that bit at the beginning the, the melodic part with uh, Ruth Underwood playing uh, marimba over it is just it's it's brilliant it's like one of his best melodies and for some reason I don't know why I just kind of glossed over it all these years and that guitar solo is just incredible you know so it's one of it's it's become just recently one of my favorite songs on the album. I don't even know how this happens, but you know you learn something new every day. <laughs> well, well, Scott, that may happen to me too because uh, yeah, I, I I think of this as like a wank fest. All amazing musicians showing off their mm -hmm. chops all at the same time. Something that I never get sick of watching live. I love going to see musicians live, but. Uh, as far as kicking back at home and listening to something like this, mm. I really, really have to be in the mood for it. But who knows? Maybe a few more spins, I'll, I'll feel about it like you do. I do like it, but it's one of those, ah, I gotta be in the mood to listen to songs, to, to this, uh, 
to this song because uh, we just reviewed an album, uh, me and Ian, uh, 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 Fate's Warning. Yeah, and yeah. Was, yeah, Ian hated it, but I was like, I really love this, but I really do have to be in the mood to listen to it. So uh, yeah, that, that. that's where I think of Friendly Little Finger. What, what do you think, Ian? Uh, well, I will say this is my least favorite uh, track on the album. Mm. Uh, I, I I do like it, uh, but this is what I call like the chaotic Zappa, uh, yeah. More than like you know black napkins. Like this this would be one. I, I think you already got to be into Zappa to get this and appreciate it because there's parts that go all over the place, and then there's parts that make perfect sense, and it's kind of like uh, you know like a freeform jazz. You know, and like Frank said, yeah, no jazz isn't dead; it just smells that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, it, it's a good song. But I, I mean, if I had to pick a least favorite, this would be it. Uh, there's probably every other song on here I would pick out just to listen to, but this is one that I'm only gonna hear in the context of now. But nine times out of ten, I'm an album guy. You know, I'm not. I'm not one of those Spotify bitches. You know, yeah. I listen to albums. You know, everybody's like, oh, I'll give you my password for Spotify. I'm like, I don't even want it. You know, like I got this huge SD card on my fucking phone. I've got like fucking 1,700 albums on my phone. Uh, And I'm so excited. I'm getting ready to get like the new, uh, uh, the Note 9. And it's going to take a, uh, it's going to have pre-built into it uh, 512 gigs. And it'll take a 512 gig SD card. So you'll have a terabyte on your phone. Yeah. So wow. that to me, I mean, for somebody who like, you know, because when I go to work or I'm in my car, I don't listen to terrestrial radio in my car. And let, well, sometimes I listen to satellite, but that's different, you know. But I listen to albums. I put albums on my phone. I don't put songs. I put albums. Yeah. So I'm excited, you know, like, oh my God, I can put so much. Like already on my phone, I've got 44 Zappa albums on my phone alone. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that and that's what because it breaks it up. That's the ones that's credited to Frank Zappa. If you go to Frank Zappa and Mother's Invention, there's a bunch more albums. But, uh, but yeah, th- this is one I wouldn't listen to stand still. This has got to be if I'm listening to it to start to finish. I don't hate it, uh, but it's it's my least favorite. If I if I had to pick one, this would be one. There there is a song coming up I actually hate. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. One, just one. I mean, wow. like I said earlier about Miss Pinky, I don't really hate it. It just really doesn't do nothing for me. But there's a song on here I'm like, oh, I, I really dislike this one. But okay. I, And I've always had since the 70s. Okay, well, anyway, I, I, we'll I, hope, it I, hope it's, it. I hope it's the one I think it is. Because if, if, if it is, I'll understand. If not, I'll be disappointed. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with I think I know what it is. But <laughs> it's not the next track, is it? Uh, I'll take the next track. Okay. <laughs> Pretty straightforward track with all those strange sounds that I'm talking about. Wonderful Wino. 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 That is what you would expect from a Zappa song. This one is just okay. Not a mind blower. Not shitty. It's okay, and I don't hate it. So it's not this one. Yep, so so I got it right. <laughs> there can only be one song. Um, I you know, wonderful wino. I it's not my favorite song on the album. I uh, you know I like it, but I like the version that he did with Flo and Eddie Moore. 
has a, a lot more life to it than this particular version does. This this version's fine. Uh, the basic tracks were cut around the time of uh, Overnight Sensation, so the song had been sitting there for a while. But um, it's, a, it's a decent song. It's co-written with Jeff Simmons, who used to play bass during the Flo and Eddie yes. era. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good song, but I just prefer the Flo and Eddie version more. You know, I think it just uh, it moves a little bit more, and I I think I prefer their their vocals on it. But that's just my opinion. Not my favorite track on the album, but uh, but I like it. You know, it's wonderful, Wino. <laughs> Well, how about you, Ian? Oh, well, this is where I school both your asses. That's a a Terrence reference. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, my God, do I love this fucking song. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, uh, man, I I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of the Flo and Eddie. You're not not talking about the one on Lost Episodes, are you? Um, No, I'm thinking of... That's that's the one with Sal. Yep, that's that's the one with Sal. Yeah, and, um, and, and I love that versions. one too. Yeah, there's there's live versions like on the Beat the Boots set and all that kind of stuff. Okay, there's, yeah, I've, I've got those. I haven't listened to the Beat the Boots probably since the fucking nineties. Yeah, uh, but I fucking love this song, and, and it's one of those. Uh, what I love about Zap is that there's so many like awesome lyrics mm-hmm. uh, that you can just quote. And, and and my best friend Matt Pasenko, who was just here a couple weeks ago, it's one of those things like we were on my back porch, Ralph's been there, you know, we're getting we're getting fucked up just hanging out and we just start talking Zappa, which is its own language. Like if you know yep. these songs, you know, you just start saying shit. You know, and I just turn you know, we're drunk and I turn to him like Give me a five dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks at me like, and an overcoat too. You know, and we just keep going to you're talking about a five dollar bill and a flow of shine shoe, shoe, you know. And we we always make jokes about a flow of shine shoe. Because he didn't know that was a real thing. I was like, no, oh, there's yeah. actually flow of shine shoe. That's you know. But oh my god, do I love this song. And I actually I love the one that's on Lost Episodes, too. The one with Sal that, that sings on 50-50 and uh, Zombie Wolf. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think that's a, that's an interesting version, too. But I just love this one, you know. And I'm, you know, Especially as an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, it's like, but I'm a wino man. I can't help myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> talking about <laughs> fucking urinating on the Rollerhead Ladies Front Lawn. I fucking <laughs> love that shit. Oh See, li- listening to you talk about it, it just went up several notches too in my oh, estimation yeah. because yeah, I never really thought about it like that. Just don't go back to it, especially when it gets to give you a five dollar bill. <laughs> you know, that is like the best, you know. Oh my god. I mean it's and I, I'm, I'm sure you have this, Scott, with, with other Zappa fans, when you can just start quoting lyrics and you guys oh, sure. just like, First. you know, and he's just got, and sometimes it's not only what he says, but how he says it, you know, or you know, sometimes there's a little Zappa laughs, you know, you're like, boots forth, you know, <laughs> you know, and Muffin Man, and he starts laughing, it's one of those contagious things, or, you know. For people in the fourth world where things are really tough, yeah. you know. And who gives a fuck anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you can just hear, like, put his hand on the mic and start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just like these little zappa things that, you know, you, you get when this is like a second language to you. And, uh, yeah. 
Oh, I, I, I can't say enough good about this song. If you guys don't get it as much, hey, you know, whatever. Both of us should just fuck off and listen to Psycho Circus. That's we a- are losers. <laughs> we suck. No, I wouldn't go that far. I'd just say pick another Zap album. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I would wish that, that on, the ladder, I, yeah. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that on Andrew Jacobs. His wife listens to it, and now she eats fish. Because oh. uh, <laughs> it smells better than Andrew's upper Is lip. The, oh, uh, oh. But, uh... Oh. Singer! <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I think it's fantastic. But then we go into the title track, oh, yes. Pseudolores. And uh, just beautiful. Uh, dreamy. Uh he he has a few songs like this. I I, I think in his repertoire. Uh, that's that that's a big word too. I think I think it's French for pretentious. Uh, but uh, I I love this one. Uh, it's just uh, it's beautiful. You can put this on for somebody. I kind of look at it like uh, Air Dance on Black Sabbath. Never say die. You know, you can play it for somebody like, oh, what the fuck is that? No, no, that's not Black Sabbath. You can put this on. And people are like, that's Frank Zappa? Uh, great, great. It, it's 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 not so much like the guitar worship that Black Napkins is. This is more like a total ensemble where I think the whole band's important. Uh, and just a beautiful, beautiful song. And very worthy, in my opinion, of being the title track. I absolutely love it. What do you think, Scott? Well, it is uh, another one of those guitar pieces that I think is absolutely unassailable. You can't argue with it. It never sounded uh, more dreamy, I guess is the word, than uh, it does on the album. Um, it just has it, it has this flow to it in the studio recording that, um, you know, I mean, it's not like the live versions didn't have it, but the, the studio just has this like dreamlike quality to it. It's a beautiful composition. I don't know why it's not considered or tends to get overlooked when you talk about some of Frank's other guitar pieces, but um, I think it's a beautiful song and it's definitely one of my favorites. It was a show opener for uh, a lot of the tours too. So, you know, just a beautiful piece of music. I love it. It is dreamy, like a 1979 poster of Leif Garrett. <laughs> Maybe that was the inspiration. <laughs> Could be. Oh, no, wait, that would be, I'm sorry, that would be probably uh, Sean Cassidy by that time. <laughs> so, 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 Ian, you think that uh, a poster of Leif Garrett is, uh, is dreamy, yet you don't like We Are One, you poser. I don't know, I don't know about all that, but I know I was made for dancing. That's right. Oh, 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 not long. <laughs> All right, I'll take this next one, and now you guys are going to know what oh, song I hate on this fucking album. Here we go. <laughs> Zuda Lores, my second yeah. favorite song on the album. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the, <laughs> you know, it would be my favorite song, but I'll explain to you why it's my second favorite song. See, this, you know, unlike, uh, what was the one that I said, um, Oh, it was a um, uh, little, a little, a friendly little finger where it's like, you know, I dig it and everything, but you know, I, you know, it's something I like to watch live. Well, this is one that's like that, but this one I could kick back and listen to at home, no problem. 
the bass playing on this fucking song. Holy oh, mackerel. Yeah. Who's that? Who is it? It's Zappa, isn't it? Wow. Shout out to Zappa, man. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure that's Frank playing the bass part. Uh, no. Uh, or is it Patrick O'Hearn? Patrick uh, O'Hearn's on the cover. Right. Let's see. I see, it I is. see, no, no, I see. Uh, it's no, no, a dude I never heard of, Dave Palatro? Yes, Dave oh, Palatro. Oh, yeah, Parlato. Yeah, Palato. Dave Palato. Dave later, Palato. later, I don't know if you guys know this, but he changed his name to Nikki Six. <laughs> yeah. And he did a, a band called Motley Crue in the 80s. Yeah, but he's yeah, but he's right. the Nikki Six that died. Yeah, not the yeah, yeah. He's not Nikki Matthew Six. Trippy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, be- I can't believe I got a Frank fact wrong. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Yikes. Well, anyway, so I much, love... So I much love- for having an expert on the show. I know, really. <laughs> there goes my cred. <laughs> I love the bass playing on here, and... Uh, oh, boy, what a sweet-sounding guitar solo, too. You know, this is just a great song to chill. You know, to get in that chill zone. But yep. here's my complaint about the song. It's... It, it, it goes away too quick. I wanted it to be longer. It's like it should have been I, longer. You know? Sure. I, I just feel like the way it ends, like, I, I don't feel fulfilled. I was like, nah, you should have added another minute. Uh, all right, so I'll take the piece of shit song. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, do I hate Disco Boy. I mean, I really dislike this song. And I always have. Even back in the 70s, I like I hate Disco Boy. And, and back in then, I was an idiot that hated Disco, so you figure I'd like this song. And maybe that's why yeah. I disliked it so much. I was like, you should have done a good song called Disco Boy, goofing on Disco Boy. This does nothing for me, you know? It's not one good thing I can say about this one. Not one. I think it's actually pretty annoying. Definitely the worst song on the album. What do you think, uh, Scott? Um, well... <laughs> Well, I'm pro- it's probably my least favorite track on the album. I still like this song <laughs> because it was one of, when I first saw, before I uh, had the Zoodalures album, I saw the movie Baby Snakes. So this would be one of like the uh, first times I ever saw Frank on video. And uh, I really, at the time, uh, I was probably what, 14? I really liked Disco Boy then. Um, it's better live than it is on the album. Um, it's, uh, but it's probably, even in a collection of songs like this, it's probably my least favorite song on the album, I guess. But I, I still do like it. I mean, I don't, I definitely don't hate it or anything. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's, it, the lyrics are pretty funny, I think. You know, they're, 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 they're funny enough. I mean, I guess for the time, he would uh, he would do the same thing better on Dancing Fool. Yeah, that one I like, and that was yeah. a radio staple. Yeah, I remember hearing Dancing Fool a lot on the radio back in like what '79 was that album? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was one of his very few hit singles. So yeah, but... I think that and Valley Girls are the only two I've heard like on radio a lot. We used to we used to get and we still they they still play it on the rock stations here in Montana. Oh yeah, we get that. Going yeah. to Montana soon. Yippee yo yo tie a gentle floss tycoon. Yeah, that's seen, you ever seen that uh, Iron Maiden picture? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> all right. So, uh, all right, uh, Ian, Disco Boy. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, admit, admittedly, it's no fucking We Are One. You better, uh, you better not like it, you son of a bitch. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm in the same. I'm gonna jump on some different coattails. I'm gonna jump on Scott's coattails for this one. Oh wow, this uh, reminds me of that somewhere in time episode where, yeah, where yeah. Terrence betrayed me for that for that limey. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, hey Ralph, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> that was the best line ever. I, and I, I love the way he enunciated it like he was reading from a cue card. Oh, wait, yes. what, what did I say? Oh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I kind of got to agree here. This is one, if this is your least favorite song, Ralph, I'm not faulting you one bit. Mm. Uh, because this, along with uh, Friendly Little Finger, would be my two least favorite. Uh, but like Scott said, I don't hate it, but I can get it. But there, there's stuff I love about it, you know, like like... You know, leave my leave his hair alone, but you can kiss his comb. Kiss his comb, shit. yeah, yeah. That's a good line. Uh, so, so there's shit I see. Yes, I, I definitely agree. Like what, what Scott said, he did it better with Dancing Fool, uh, kind of the same subject. Uh, yeah, I, I guess to end on this, uh, I guess this this would be another one. I guess with, with uh, Friendly Little Finger that I would not listen to without the album. Uh, again, don't hate it as much as you, but I can kind of I can kind of see where this could be one of like the annoying songs because it is, uh, it well yeah, it, it's a joke song, uh, and, and musically it doesn't have the oomph that the rest of the songs have. You know, it's kind of yeah. uh, it's kind of more basic. There's not there's nothing extravagant on it. So I'm not passing any judgment, Ralph. Uh, I like it. Uh, I like it better than you, but I can see why uh, you don't like it. So, so uh, no arguments here. What a but, weird way to end the record, too. You know, I yeah. always thought that it was it was not in any way the best choice to end the record. I don't know why. No, I like like Zuda Lords. You know, the title track would have been a better way. You know, yeah. or, or maybe Wonderful Wino. Um, but again. Uh, this isn't my favorite Zap album to begin with. I mean, I absolutely love it, but uh, I was trying to think of one like to. Th- there's certain people that I know uh, listen to my radio show that listen to the podcast that like Zappa uh, already. But this is one I picked that I thought had a little bit of something for everybody, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. This is a, a gateway sure. drug. In, into Zappa. Yeah, people that so. hate Zappa will get into us talking about we are one. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, hey, as long as we talk about Kiss at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, of course, of course, of course. And, and for those who don't know, fuck Vinny Vincent. That's right. Uh, no, but, thank uh, you. I don't want no STD. But uh, oh. this, was, this was released October 20th, 1976. And this was a rarity, and this was the only one that was actually released officially on Warner Brothers. Yep. Uh, due to, he was going through a lawsuit with his former manager, Herb Cohen, uh, and it, it wasn't on the discreet label that he was on that was distributed through Warner Brothers. Yep. Um, and also, I, I read that this at one point was going to be a double album, but he scaled <laughs> that back. Do you have any info on that, Scott? I do. As a matter of fact, it was going to be called The Night of the Iron Sausage. 
and oh. uh, he, <laughs> and uh, which you know I still can't I can't argue with that as a title. Well, well, well that's something I want I want to ask you too. I'm sorry not to cut you off, but that's what I do because I'm drunk. Um, uh, Night of the Iron Saucers. Have you ever heard that? I know it's unreleased, but have you, are you privy to that? Have you ever heard it? I have never heard it, and I don't think I, I'm pretty sure that I've asked Joe Travers about this, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist in that form. So we may never actually know what that was. Oh, so there, there's no recorded version of Night of the Iron. Saucers. Well, there probably is. But the best guess at this point is that he renamed it um, something else. Yeah, he renamed it Generation Swine. That's why he never released it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh Lord, my wife likes that album. <laughs> oh, Lord, sir. I know. Oh, obviously she hates her father. The yeah. sex must be incredible. <laughs> Daddy, I hate you. <laughs> She's your mother. <laughs> By you the way, see Andrew that? Jacobs, lesbian wife. All right, keep going. <laughs> um. Yeah, the track list for it was supposed to be, um, looking at it now, Side One, Disco Boy, Friendly Little Finger, Wonderful Wino, and Night of the Iron Sausage, which I believe in the original form on the 2LP set was supposed to be um, Zootalures, I think, the song the song that was later titled Zootalures, but that's just a, you know, that's like best guess these days. Oh. Uh, side Two would have been Sleep Dirt and... Um, a track called Zootalures, but uh, supposedly is just The Ocean is the Ultimate Solution, which turned nice. up on the Blather album later. Yeah. Uh, side three, Ms. Pinky, Filthy Habits, also from Lather, and Finder Finer. And then side four would have been Black Napkins and The Torture Never Stops. Right on. So there you go. Would have been a short double album, but, uh, you know, it would have been... Uh, yeah, that would have been killer like that. But, you know, we got Who knows? They, they might have had, like, a full version of Zuda Lords. That would have been awesome. Like, yeah, a longer version. Yeah, yeah that would have been nice, version. you know, for a double album. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. They must have. He must have cut down Zuda Lords. He had to have. He always I think so. Because when, when it ends, I'm like, wait a second. It just felt like this was so good. It shouldn't have ended so soon. Yeah. No, so I don't. Yeah, no. As torture never stopped. Yeah. They, well... He probably had a band member who had to take a piss break, and he's like, ah, fuck it, forget it. And we're, we're not picking back up. <laughs> but, yeah, he, yeah, he couldn't release. Uh, Warners didn't want to release the album in that form. They didn't want a double album. And uh, uh, so it didn't it didn't come out. But uh, all the tracks, I'm sure, wound up on something else. Like Frank said, he never threw anything else. You know, never threw anything away. So he... Uh, you know, I'm sure it all came out somewhere. Had to go. And a rarity for this time, this was the only Zap album released in 1976 because he would release multiple albums, you know, in a yep. single year. And the following year, 77, he didn't release anything. Yeah, that was the lawsuit year. So that was, yeah. Uh, you know, he was definitely held back by. Uh, all kinds of legal problems, couldn't get anybody. He owed all those records to uh, Warner Brothers, couldn't get anybody to release, uh, anybody else to release anything, because nobody, for a little while there, nobody would touch him. And, right. uh, you know, it was just a horrific scenario for him. 
But hey, he came out on top of that. He got his, yeah. he got his master tape, so. All he right. Did, he did all right. <laughs> so that is our review. Uh, I want to thank you so much, Scott. I mean, like I said, this is something like a year in the planning and uh, definitely want to have you back soon. Yeah, uh, I'd be honored, man. I, it's such an honor to be here and I love what you guys are doing and, uh, you know, keep doing it, man. It's, awesome. It's really fucking and good. And we'd like to have you back for not only, uh, you know, Zappa, but now we know you like shitty kiss stuff like Psycho Circus. We could have sure. you back for anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this is great. But uh, but uh, since you are a special guest, now it's time to go into pick of the week. So uh, do you have a pick of the week, something you would like the listeners to hear? It doesn't have to be Zappa, but it could be. But whatever tickles your fancy. Um, well, let's see. What have I been listening to this week? Um, I actually am going to go with a, uh, Zap album. Nice. And I think in this case, I will go with, I'm just going to pull this one out. Uh, I think that your listeners should, if you haven't already heard it, go out and, and listen to the, uh, You Are What You Is album. Because that is, uh, nice. my favorite frank albums absolutely 80s wow. right yeah yeah yep yeah. and uh it's an album that will uh keep you entertained and uh it's still a fun album and uh yeah i think uh pretty easy on the ears for people you know i would i would say it's probably his strongest 80s album studio album yeah know. i think so it was you the argument has been made that it was his last great studio album, like really great studio album. Um, now, I don't know about that, but... I, I don't know if I disagree with that either. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know, thinking about it, I have thought about this, and uh, it might be. It might be the last time that he did a studio album that he was really, like, you could tell he was totally committed to it. Right. Rather than just putting out an album, you know? Like say, man from Utopia, right? And, uh, <laughs> or them or us, or them or us. Yeah, Generation I mean, Swine. You know, Broadway, the hard way is great, but that's a live album, so. right? Yeah, I I would recommend you are what you is because I think uh, people don't have to. You don't have to. It's not like you know one of the things that people complain about Frank is that you have to. It's almost like you have to work to get into some of that stuff, right? And uh, You Are What You Is is definitely an album that you don't have to work hard to like. You know? and, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's a double album, so there's a little something, I think, for everybody on that one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got some good guitar playing on it, and uh, the lyrics are on point, and yeah, it's just a fantastic album. So well, I would recommend that. Definitely check that out. I've never heard that one, actually. I, I remember yeah, the video. I, the video. Yeah. yeah, the title track. I remember that, but I never heard that album. No. Yeah, no. It's a. What do you think of it? I mean, you know, Ian. Obviously, you've heard of it. You've heard. Oh it. yeah, yeah. No, no. Like I said, I, I, I think it's the finest of his '80s output. Uh, yeah. You know, aside from live albums, you know, I love Tinseltown Rebellion Band. I love yep. uh, Broadway. The Hard Way is one I didn't get at first, and now I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, the '80s was a weird time for me with Zappa. Uh, there's a lot of the, the '80s albums where I like certain songs, but as an album, I'm like, uh, you know, like I, there's a lot of stuff I love on "Ship Arrived Too Late." Yep. And, and there's some stuff I'm like, uh, you know, same with like uh, "Thing Fish" and uh, "Them mm-hmm. or Us" and "Meets the Mothers of Prevention." 
Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's to me, it's a definitely downgrade from uh, from the seventies. Sure. But uh, but I still love it for what it is. But I mean, uh, I think there's moments of genius, but it is like it's not as cohesive as the albums he put out in the seventies. Oh, uh, I would, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. And uh, and, and even 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 the bands he had he had excellent musicians. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it got to a point where it was almost like they were too good. Yep. If that makes any sense, they were too. Uh, I-, I wanted something a little bit more natural, you know. Like you know, my favorite lineup, you know, is like the uh, uh, the Roxy lineup. Sure. Yeah. Y- you know, I love you know anything with Napoleon Murphy, Brock, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but shit like that, you know, George Duke and all that stuff. But I also love you know you know the the Bozio years and uh, uh, what's the dude from King Crimson? Uh, oh, Adrian Ballou. Yeah, Adrian Ballou. I love that shit. The, you know the Vinnie Calayuda, uh, you know shit like that. I I, I love all that stuff. Uh, but like, you know I it, like the Bobby Doll years. Yeah, the Bobby Doll years. <laughs> 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 I like yeah the the unskinny bop era. Yeah, uh, yeah. Zappa was great. What's got you so jumpy? Uh, <laughs> why can't you sit still? Yeah. yeah. Um, no way, son. And oh. Yeah, like a stereo, you're trying to pump me <laughs> and leave me when you get your feel. Yeah. Take it outside. Uh, <laughs> take it outside. Razzmatazz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, in later, you know, of course, he'd get in that. I can't say the word Sinclair or whatever the fuck it is. Sinclair, yeah. Sinclair, yeah. That that's still I'm working on learning that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's an excellent pick. Um, but for my pick of the week, I'm going back to the '70s, and I know this is kind of an obvious pick, but I think again. Uh, I'm trying to think of like baby steps and to get somebody into Zappa, and I'm gonna go with apostrophe. Oh, yeah. uh, but to me, apostrophe is much more than "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow." Uh, you know that would that would be on that that would be my least favorite, even though I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget what one time I met a I met a bar and this local band's playing and, and they they just weren't doing anything for me at all and they're throwing out uh, some shit. They're like. We want to do a song. We're going to do a sea shanty. Somebody tell us a sea shanty. I'm like, <laughs> don't eat the yellow snow. And they're like, that's not a sea shanty. I'm like, I know, but play it anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm that guy. Uh, but it, it, it's an amazing album with, you know, great background vocal. I mean, Tina Turner's on there and, and the, the Ikeettes and uh, Jack Bruce playing bass on there. There's just some amazing shit on there. And, of course, Uncle Remus and, uh, uh, you know, Montana. Uh, Alan Schwartzberg. Alan Schwartzberg, my sixth favorite Kiss drummer. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just just a lot of good shit. And and it's a good entryway. I mean, there's the funny songs. There's the instrumentals. There's the, you know, a little bit of everything for everybody. So when I get all these people like, oh, what? What should I do to get into Zappa? You know, I would say, well, first learn to read. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you're gonna read, read one of Scott Parker's books. You know, oh, well, there uh, you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not no KKK pamphlet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, Justin Childers wrote a KKK pamphlet, but it's uh, more of a picture menu. Um, oh, 
But uh, hey, you know, his family are coal miners. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's one I, I, I think people should check out if, if you're unfamiliar with it. And a lot of people do know Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. And it, it is funny. It, it's great. It's what it is. But the album is much, much more than that. So I would say check that out. Frank Zappa, apostrophe. That's my pick of the week. What do you got, Ralph? All right, now for your fanboy shit. Uh, I'm going to pick something that's not uh, Frank Zappa. So fuck all of you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> something that came out in 2018. Hey, but, oh rec- but recorded in 1968. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, uh, the last, uh, the latest, which hopefully oh. there'll be more albums Jimmy from Hendrix? Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Yes. Yep. Both sides of the sky. Excellent, excellent album. I got it on vinyl. Uh, Lover Man's on there. I mean, you know, if you know your Hendrix, all those unreleased tracks. Uh, right. Hear My Train of Cummins on there And uh, Johnny Winters on the album On this song called uh, Oh man, which one is it? Uh, it was uh, Things I Used to Do I think it's yeah. that one yep. Yeah, dude I mean, ch- come on Johnny Winter and Jimi Hendrix together Move over yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I have that vinyl And I thought it came with a picture of Johnny Winter But it turns out it was just a white sleeve For the record Yeah <laughs> True story. Oh, sorry if I offended any fucking albinos out there. Uh, no, I, there goes your prick. there goes your core albino listenership. Yeah, I uh, love it, dude. Stephen Stills sings some songs on the album, and yes, yeah. I like that song. Yeah, yeah. Well, he sings two songs on the album. Yeah, and uh, it's great, dude. It's fucking awesome. It's an amazing release, and uh, I was like, man, when I I, I bought it at Best Buy of all places, they had it in a little vinyl section. Really? Yeah, you know, check out. A lot of people don't know this because everybody thinks the vinyl section at Best Buy are where the CDs are. No, they're yeah. where they turn. They, that's where they uh, sell their turntable. Uh, you go to the turntable uh-huh. section. They have like vinyls there, and they have, dude, they have a lot of good vinyl. They have Judas Priest, and, you know, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there. sure. So I saw the new Henry. Oh man! And Best Buy really does sell vinyl at a very reasonable price. So I said, yeah. oh, new Hendrix. I'm definitely buying this. And, uh, man, I, I slapped that on my stereo. And I swear, when it was over, I put back side one. I, I got to hear this again. Shit's yeah. fucking amazing. Great album. That's my pick of the week. You know, and another thing people should know about Best Buy, like you're saying, don't always look here for the vinyl. Uh, I actually used the bathroom at Best Buy. And right next to the glory hole, they had Psycho Circus and The Elder. <laughs> That's where I bought them, my copies, actually, when I was done sucking. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, hey, Andrew, is this album any good? He's like, oh, no, no, Into the void. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time to go into the fan of the week. And I actually have two fan of the weeks this week it's uh, Andrew Jacobs isn't it yeah, no, no. <laughs> he finally uh, found his way to your mouth <laughs> <laughs> I found my way to his <laughs> oh. uh, but uh, I, got, I got two fan of the weeks uh, one I gotta say Scott Parker because I had no idea you listened hey. to the show brother I am very honored Oh uh, yeah. I don't even know you knew about our little show so that's, that's awesome uh yeah, that's, it's, that's why I said it's an honor to be here because, yeah, I am definitely a fan. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Scott Parker would have been one of the few that would have stayed last year during the Nashville 
uh, thing when everybody's running out of the place when we got. Oh yeah. Stage. Oh yeah. We got a, we we cleared that whole expo. Yeah. <laughs> that was Scott great. They're like, ah, we're gonna go home and watch Highway to Heaven reruns. Uh, this, this is the devil, you know. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is Nashville. Oh, they got they got a hee haw retrospective on uh, Pete <laughs> Hey, I love hee haw, uh, man. Roy <laughs> Clark was awesome. <laughs> but uh, hey, but no. Dude, uh, seriously though, I'm I'm honored that you listen to the show and that you like it. You get what we do. Uh, that's that's amazing. Um, but another one, I I gotta mention, and uh, he is the reason that my Frank Zappa section of my radio show is called the Joseph Stop Garage, and I gotta send this out to Joseph Stop because uh, here's somebody he knew nothing about Frank till he heard me talk about him, and he started. Uh, you know, looking it up and, and getting into Frank's music, and now it's like a fucking drug. And, uh, you know, he was messaging me about, you know, when the 77 Halloween box set came out, we're talking about it, and and the Roxy box set and everything. And uh, it really, really makes me feel good to know that there are younger people out there that are discovering this music, that it's not going to die off with, you know, our generation. Yep. previous generations that there's younger people experiencing what I consider, you know, true music, true musicality and, you know, looking over what most people see, which is funny lyrics, you know, yeah. but actually hearing Frank's music and what he was doing, getting what he's all about. And Joseph has been a fan of the show for a long, long time. And, uh, and I, I, he doesn't get to listen to the radio show as much as he used to because I, I, and I got much respect. He's in college now, and he's working a job to pay for his college. He doesn't have everything handed to him. He's Fucking working. Idiot. Yeah, he's working <laughs> very hard. Yeah, Fuck yeah. He's that. so dumb. Panhandle he for drugs. Yeah. Fuck college. He's so dumb. He didn't get a full ride. He has to have a job. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, he's smart enough to get Frank Zappa, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I love it when he's there for the the segment I named after him. So keeping Frank's memory alive and, and passing on to another generation. Joseph Staub, you are our co-fan of the week. Well, I'm going to throw yes. in another fan, Ian. I'm okay. going to put three fans hey. on here. And uh, yes, prepare to be ashamed when I say this. Uh -oh. <laughs> the third fan of the week is Connor Stratton, who bought this vinyl oh, for yeah. his dad. Oh, yeah. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no. That that was awesome. He, he, he fucked up. Uh, you know, because he's one of our listeners, so he's probably on drugs or something. But he, he 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 messed up and bought two copies, and he bought one for his dad, and he kept the other one and ended up loving it. And uh, yes, so yeah, Connor Strad, that that was awesome. And hey, man, there we go. We see the Zappa shit keep going and spreading, and I love it. But before we get to the plugs, Scott, tell everybody about what you do and what these things are uh, you write called books and your podcast oh, yeah. and all that stuff <laughs> well I've written uh, a bunch of books about a, uh, a bunch of different things um, uh, but I've written uh, eight or nine Frank Zappa books and they're all available at uh, either uh, my website which is spbpublishing.webs.com or uh, probably easier to get them and probably cheaper too on Amazon. 
or Barnes and Noble, any of those places. And uh, we have the podcast, which is the ZappaCast, and that's available at Zappa.com. We just we got a page on Zappa.com. I'm still in shock. That's awesome. And, uh, um, and on iTunes. So, uh, you know, come check it out if you like what you hear. Oh, definitely. And I, and I will vouch for it. You have a great podcast. Uh, I haven't read your books, but I do plan on learning to read. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you copies. Yeah, it's on the bucket list. Yeah, copies. But uh, no, but seriously, I I love your podcast. You have amazing guests on there, and you also play a lot of rare shit on there. Yeah. And and I, I love that you always mention that you know at the end of the show, you know what concert it came from and shit like that. You know, because yeah. true true Zappa fans love knowing shit like that. You know, and know what bootlegs to go look for and yes. or live albums. Uh, now, one thing I wanted to ask you is. Uh, since you're kind of in the click now, uh, is is there any like new releases that are getting ready to come out? Anything that maybe you could you know hint about or talk about? Because uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for any new like vinyl releases or any old concerts that are coming out. Well, there are a couple. Well, yes, there is a. I can't give you too many specifics, but I can I can drop you a hint. Okay. Which is um, a, a uh, there's a uh, there's more vinyl coming, and nice. uh, another CD set that's coming later in the year, and uh, it is based on uh, how to how shall I put this discreetly? It is based on a uh, um, a previously released um, live album. There you go. Oh. And I, I think from from the uh, from the golden era, you might say. Oh, and that's going to be fabulous when that comes out. So that's you know that's definitely something to uh, whet your appetite. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, what I'm really looking forward to is a vinyl release of something that rhymes with Chunga's Revenge. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be nice for me. I'm a big a fan of that. Sandwich is coming out next month. Oh, oh, really? That's oh, coming nice. back out on vinyl. Yep. Okay. Nice, nice. So that's nice. the next release that's, and, that's coming out at the end of June. And and that's another thing I'd like to mention, uh, you know, because I grew up and and I think you did too, Scott, with the Ryko disc CDs. Yes. Yep. Uh, but but now that I've been going back and buying all these the, the new 180 gram pressings of the Zap albums. Yep. I'm hearing shit I never heard before and sounding a lot better. Like, I didn't know, you know, I grew up with the CD version of Zootalores for years. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, I had no idea it was a different mix. And now hearing, like, the true vinyl pressing, uh, it's incredible. And then these 180-gram Zappery releases are They're phenomenal. They I, are. Oh, my God. I think I've got, uh, and I, I still need to get more, but I've got... We're only in it for the money, Uncle Meat, Hot Rats, Overnight Sensation, uh, Zootalores, Sheiker yep. uh, Booty, and, and there's more out there. You know, these, these are just the ones that I have already, but every one that I've got, I mean, it's just phenomenal vinyl. I mean, yeah. I mean the, the, the sound is incredible, and, you know, for, for an artist where if you listen to this shit, you listen for those little nuances, 
yeah. you hear shit you've never heard before. The only thing I can liken it to is when uh, they re-released Black Sabbath, the Ozzy years, that yeah. box set that was direct from the Warner Brothers Masters. Yep. It, it, it's just like that. You hear shit you never heard before, and you hear it clearer and crisper, and uh, it, it's the only way to listen to these albums. And now that I have these vinyls, I can't even listen to my mp3s or anything that i got before because it's just night and day difference oh totally the attention to detail on those vinyl reissues is just uh it's amazing it sets like a, a standard that every artist or every you know every label should follow when they're re-releasing this stuff because you know if you want to if you're gonna do it you got to do it right you know oh yeah no and i agree they did it right and i've been stressing to people because in the last year i've really really got back into vinyl mm. and 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 buying all you know the new like 180 gram trying to get the best sound and by far the best that I've heard are the Black Sabbath Warner Brothers yes uh, 180 grams and and the Frank Zappas I mean just night and day difference and, yeah you uh, can't argue with those Sabbaths either I mean oh yeah oh amazing but uh, uh, yeah you're right you hear there's there's stuff that you never you know you couldn't appreciate before you know unless you're hearing it like in that kind of you know on these particular vinyls I mean they got you know, every little nuance is like perfectly represented there. And it's just, um, yeah, they did an unbelievable job. That's Joe Travers again, folks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, he, he is, he's amazing. He is something else. He truly is. All right. Well, on that note, let's get to the plugs. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I... Look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life, and I'm usually joined by a friend or two, or ten, and we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday, exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. 
Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal, meow meow. This is Bushy. And the Mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure. Only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. Welcome to the best fucking show you'll ever hear in your life. Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, The Dr. Fuck Show. Yes, tune in here at that metal station for the Dr. Fuck Show. I've been doing this show right here for years. And the chat room's always packed. The jams are always playing. And yeah, you may get a rant every freaking week from me. Fuck, not freaking. I don't want to say freaking. I mean fucking. So join me and my lunatics that are let out of the asylum here on that metal station. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday nights. Join me. Let's lose our fucking minds. All right. Well, if you love this episode, and who didn't, besides son of a bitch, besides Justin Childers, come back. When next week it's a repeat guest, Scott Parker comes back where him and Ralph defend their sexuality and psycho circus. I got nothing to defend. Whip it out. Oh, come one, come all, come in their mouths. It's Psycho Circus with Scott Parker and Ralph Vieira and uh, me. Fuck that snatch. Put it down my hatch. (laughs) You know, when you say it like that, it sounds kind of tasty. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.